This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. Bokir Tov, Anthony, how are you? Bokir Tov, Hanukkah Sameach, Shavuot Tov. Yes, uh, it's uh, eventful as always um, during this period of time. Um, And a few interesting um, little developments have taken place, which um, I thought I'd just put out there for people to think about and to listen to. The first of which is, um, unfortunately, we've now crossed the line of 100 soldiers, in fact 101 soldiers, who have been killed in the war since October the 7th. So if we ignore for a moment um, those who were killed during the massacre on October the 7th, and we count only from the moment that Israel decided to actually invade Gaza on the ground, we've now lost 101 soldiers. And everybody's affected, including members of the cabinet and former senior military staff. Um, Gadi Eisenkot was a former chief of general staff. He's currently a member of our war cabinet. His son was killed in action last week. And then a day later, his brother's son was killed in action. So unfortunately, this, uh, the losses that we're um, experiencing um, across the board, nobody's exempt at all. We're all feeling the losses. And the IDF has now also decided to update us about um, soldiers who have been injured uh, and what their uh, situation is um, and the number of soldiers who've even been disabled. There's the story about Ronnie, who's a Nahal Brigade soldier, was injured, critically injured in the battle near Sufa outpost on that day of October the 7th. He's subsequently been through 12 surgeries to save his life and also to try to save his leg, which was very, very severely injured. He was uh, injured in the leg. He had to lie in a bush for hours. He managed to ultimately put a tourniquet around his leg to try to stop the bleeding until such time as uh, people could get to him um, to, to give him the medical assistance that he needs. Unfortunately, he's had to have his leg amputated as a result of that injury below the knee. He's just one example of... And the soldiers who are recuperating, who have been injured and who have been disabled as a result of this war. Some of the numbers are suggesting that those could even be almost close to 2,000 people who have been uh, injured and disabled uh, during the course of this war. So we're keeping a track of that. One of the things that I just also wanted to put out there and just to get listeners' reaction is Israel's decision to parade these photographs of uh, Hamas terrorists who've been rounded up in Gaza and there have been a number of photographs that have been uh, distributed which show groups of men wearing underwear with their arms in the air there's even a video of one showing a man coming out in his underwear depositing his weapon 
near where the soldiers are standing and then going to join the rest of the group with his hands up in the air. And the message is that these are Hamas terrorists who have effectively given themselves up. They're not been rounded up by the IDF. They've not been captured. These are people who have come and voluntarily given themselves up to the IDF. That's the message that we're getting from these photographs. And the, 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 photogra- the photographic uh, uh, impact is absolutely significant in the Arab world and, and in the, uh, the Muslim world because it, it shows that there is no chance for Hamas against the Israeli army. This is a, a, a real sign of capitulation against the strength of the Israeli army. There cannot be a more stark contrast between a strong army uh, soldier standing there with their weapons drawn and men standing in groups looking pitiful in their underwear. And the IDF spokesman has come out to say the reason that they've been paraded in their underwear is to make sure that they don't have any arms on themselves, that they could potentially be hiding in their clothing if they were to be wearing clothing. And this is the reason why they're being brought out in their underwear. But I just wonder what listeners think about this tactic that's being used because there has been a a campaign to try to publicize these photographs as far and as wide as possible in order to send a message not only to the people within Gaza but much, much further afield that this is a lost cause and there seems to be no point in continuing and this kind of is echoed by um, the Prime Minister's statement which says to Hamas terrorists you are supporting a broken regime, you're supporting evil people, you are going to die in their name, why would you bother to do so? Why is this so important for you to support the the leadership that is so flawed um, and you are just going to simply die in their name? So again, a lot of tactics being used um, as we already enter the 66th day of of this current campaign. So what's so interesting, Anthony, is um, on Friday, when this was reported, um, in fact, it was started being reported on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, uh, and I reported on it on Friday, and you know the Israeli press reported it in the way that you know these are terrorists, and then when you went into the actual story, it said that the IDF is going to be vetting them and seeing who has Hamas connections and who doesn't because even at that point they knew that not everybody was Hamas um, so it's interesting and the morning, this morning it seems to, a lot of these reports seem to suggest uh, um, or allude to some of these uh, some of these captives being released have you seen anything well, like that? I think that? I think that when people give themselves up to the army and many of them come out with weapons and it becomes, I mean, obviously when you, when you see a group of 20, 30, 40 people, yeah. um, it's hard to know exactly who's who and what the connections of each of those individuals are. But if we believe the reports that we're being fed, which says these are people who've given themselves up, um, then, um, you know, I think the army has to take that seriously. I don't think that this is a case of people having been captured. Having said all of that, it is very, very difficult to distinguish between civilians and terrorists uh, operatives in Gaza right now because we've seen on Friday, for example, um, barrages of rockets being launched not from within a school, not from within a mosque, not within, well, from within a residential area. Now they are launching r- missiles 
from within refugee tent encampments, which have been temporarily set up over the past few weeks, temporary tents that have set up, been set up by aid agencies, and the rockets are being launched from within the tent encampment. So one cannot really find a way to distinguish between who is a terrorist and represents a danger to your life and who is just a civilian who's trying to escape from uh, the, the the battle zone, it becomes incredibly difficult. And I think the fact that Israel is releasing people who are not relevant to this is testimony to the fact that we are trying to focus on those who are terrorists and not cause what some people are, uh, are accusing us of, which is a, a mass punishment, punishment of all of uh, the citizens of Gaza. Clearly, all of them are suffering right now. But the, uh, the intention of Israel is not mass punishment for the actions of Gaza, though using the words of Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, who said it's not okay for Israel to ca carry out this collective punishment on all citizens of Gaza. And I think the fact that Israel has chosen to release the people who are not uh, considered to be dangerous and not considered to be operatives is testament to the fact that there is no real collective punishment. Absolutely. You know, when I saw the reports of uh, these rockets being launched from inside these tented, you know, um, safe zones that have been established by the IDF, correct? Um, this is in the, in the safety correct. corridor. I mean, how big is a rocket launcher? I mean, how would one smuggle a, a rocket launcher? Rocket launchers can be very, very small and very mobile. And, uh, you know, I've seen so many pictures of different types of rocket launchers. Um, and I was saying to Howard that um, the system of rocket launchers that has been set up in Gaza, the permanent system, it almost looks like a drain cover on the ground. That's a rocket launcher. It's underground and it just comes through that hole in the ground and it almost looks like a drain. Um, as you walk over it, you wouldn't even know that it's a rocket cover, uh, a rocket launcher. Um, and there are mobile ones that can be carried on your back, that can be carried quite easily and just put down and, and used to launch. And I've seen so many variations of trucks that have been uh, converted into rocket launchers. There was a picture of um, a, um, a fuel tanker, a fuel tanker, which is no longer a fuel tanker. The tank had been emptied out. The rockets were being launched from inside what used to be the fuel tank. And this tanker was driving as it was launching these rockets. So um, uh, they come in all shapes and forms, and they, they seem to be pretty easy just to put down in the tent encampment. No, no, that's not much of a challenge by the looks of things. Yeah. Anthony, what other news have you got for us? And thank you for your insights. Well, really I, appreciate it. I, I think, you know, the, the current status is that um, the IDF continues its operations in Gaza, still focused very much on Khan Yunus um, and trying to clean out the terrorist infrastructure there, which is not insignificant. Um, IDF soldiers are coming across opposition Constantly and unfortunately, we're announcing the deaths of IDF soldiers, another four this morning, three of whom were killed by Hamas uh, terrorists and one, unfortunately, in a military accident, uh, which will happen when we have uh, uh, operations of this size um, ongoing. Um, and so that operation in Gaza continues. Some heartwarming pictures coming out of Gaza of IDF soldiers lighting Hanukkah candles all over Gaza on the streets 
and in their enclosures where they, where they happen to be some very, very quiet ceremonies in the middle of, of dangerous areas, some more open ceremonies. Um, but the idea of soldiers continues to be very active from the air, from the sea, from the land in terms of trying to clear out Hamas infrastructure. And, you know, there's still a lot of talk about where does this end? And I think that this will not end until, A, the hostages are sorted out, that we get our hostages back through one means or another. I don't think that this will end until we are sure that the Hamas leadership is completely taken down and probably killed. And right now we know that the idea of openly saying that they are after um, Yikia Sinwar and Mohammed Diaf and other Hamas leaders who they claim are currently in Gaza. Some reports suggest that Sinwar has actually surrounded himself by Israeli hostages as human shields in order to try to protect his life and prevent the IDF from attacking him. But I don't think that he is going to be able to survive this operation. And I think the third condition is that Hamas is brought to its knees. I don't think that the IDF would agree to stop this operation until such time as they're sure that Hamas's significant capabilities of launching attacks against Israel is destroyed. So I think that those are really the three main conditions, which is what the IDF continue to fight on about right now. And there is some concern that things in the north may well be blowing open because um, we've had a constant um, 10 to 12 to 15 attacks coming over the border from Lebanon and Syria each day. There is some concern that that might uh, be escalating a little bit into more of an open war. Up until now, it's been a kind of almost coordinated, we'll attack you, you'll attack us from, you know, within 10 kilometers each side of the border and Hamas and Hezbollah have been able to say to Hamas, we have been attacking Israel. This is the record of the attacks that we've carried out, but they haven't really been that significant and a lot of them have been aimed towards uh, outposts and infrastructure which don't do a great deal of damage, but there has been a certain escalation over the last day or two and so there is some concern that the North may become a little bit more of a serious front. Uh, of course, Prime Minister Netanyahu has had discussions over the weekend with many world leaders, including a 50-minute conversation with Russian President Putin yesterday, where he was very critical of Putin's cooperation with Iran. Uh, of course, Putin still continues to support the Iranian axis. Um, those are really the main updates of the last few days, um, and you know, many, many more things to talk about. Um, sure. Let's pick the rest of it up tomorrow when we have another opportunity to speak. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to speak to my producer and perhaps we can even try to come to you um, a bit earlier tomorrow. Anthony, one thing that's really been bothering me is that I hear a lot of talk, as do most diaspora Jews, that you know, as soon as Israel um, beats Hamas, it'll be the end. But Hamas doesn't even have its head office in Israel or in, in Gaza. Their head office is in Doha, in Qatar. You know, they, they are heavy funders of an ideology that is completely toxic to Jews. It is, it, it, this is nothing, my, my personal feeling is that it doesn't end. It doesn't begin in, well, it might begin with Gaza and, and, uh, and Israel, but it doesn't end there. So if we can talk about mm -hmm. that tomorrow, is that okay? Let's do that, absolutely. All right, thank you so much. Anthony Reich, you are... Just really thank you so much for keeping us connected to the news for your very, very powerful and important insights. Thank you very much. Uh, you are welcome to get in touch with me as well. We've got news coming up, and then I'm going to get to your messages. So send them through on 34519 or 061 
That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,